Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, I can't do it. I can't lie to you, folks. So, uh, happy Saturday, everybody. Yes, yes, I know. I try to pride myself by having a new episode every Friday, usually Friday night, usually late. So by the time you're hearing it, it's Saturday anyway. But I have to be honest with you. Last night, I fell asleep at like 8.15. To be fair, I fell asleep watching a terrible, terrible, awful television show. I'm going to talk about it really quick before I get into the good television show. Uh, I was watching uh, the... um, I, I. I'm almost embarrassed to say the the Beverly Hills 90210 reboot with my wife, which is such a bad show, but it's only six episodes. This was the last one, and we're getting it over with. And of course, I fell asleep because it's garbage, uh, and I didn't finish it. Uh, I think I woke up like two hours later, and I realized um, there's no way I can like make it. And all I thought about was you, the listener, and how I've let you down. But I'm here this morning. Woke up with my cup of coffee, had a little breakfast, put on a little Mad Men, and I just finished watching episode eight of season five, Dark Shadows. What does that mean? There's Are there more than one meanings? That's really not good English, what I just said. So, this episode starts off with Betty Draper. We haven't seen her in a while. And I have to be honest, the moment I saw her, I went, oh, we've got to deal with Betty and Henry. The the Francis's. Not Betty Draper, Betty Francis. Uh, and what do we see her doing? We see her, you know, basically, I knew right away when she was weighing cheese that it was it was Betty. Because she's trying to trying to lose some weight and watch a figure. And um, I, I, I'm not sure what happened in this episode helped. But this episode, you know, um, God, I never remember her the name of the actress. Uh, but uh, the the actress, I have no problem with. I think she does a she does a fine job. Um, she makes me feel bad for Betty for a, a smidgen of a smidgen of a, of a second, and then I said, uh, I called her. I'm not gonna. Look, I called her a bitch right to the right to the screen. I said, "Ah, oh, Betty, you bitch," just like that, because it made me hate her and root against her all over again. And uh, she she brought this on herself. But really, all we see is Betty kind of uh, weighing her food in the morning, and that's it. that's the only time we see her uh, early on. I wonder, should we stay with with Betty's episode, uh, Betty's story? Um, you know, it's kind of like, so Betty was alone. She had uh, Henry there, but she didn't have the kids. Why? Because the kids were hanging out at Daddy's place. At Daddy's place. That's where the kids were having fun. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try. I jump all over the place. But, um, you know, the kids were with, with uh, Don and Megan. And, the ki- you know, uh, new Bobby was coloring or something i don't know gene was you know just being gene and uh sally was hanging out with megan they they seemed to be bonding megan was trying to teach her how to cry on cue being an actress 
Uh, and you could see the two of them bonding, which was nice. Uh, and I think it was too nice because we see Betty and, and Henry are downstairs in their town car, double parked, waiting for the kids because they're picking up the kids. They're expecting the kids to come down. Henry's getting impatient. Uh, and finally, uh, Betty's like, he's like, you got to go up and get him. So she goes up and rings on the doorbell. Uh, and Sally's like, oh, I'm, you know, we're, we thought you were downstairs and we've been waiting. So she runs. I had to move outside. It was too loud in there for me. Too many noises and machines going off and vacuums and washing machines. It was just it was too much. I can't take it. Um, much like Betty couldn't take seeing Don's new life. So Betty goes into the... Now you can hear nature. The loudest friggin' birds ever. Am I in the friggin' jungle? What the hell? Okay, so Betty is... Um, let into the apartment. She kind of just is like, oh, Megan's, get, Megan's getting ready. That's why I didn't, they didn't hear the buzzer. And she goes to get, uh, uh, Sally goes to get uh, Bobby and Jean. And, you know, this is when I felt bad for Betty. So she looks around and she's like, she sees this nice new apartment. And she sees like, you know, basically what her husband is doing with, okay, sure, loudest bird in the world. Um, she sees what her ex-husband has now. This is what he replaced her with. Um, even though she got remarried first and Henry was around first and Henry was around when they were still married. Okay. Say what you want about Don not being a great husband to Betty, but Megan came after the fact. Megan was after the divorce. So that's where I have no issues with Megan. It was quick. It was out of the blue, but Megan was never the other woman. Now, but she's still the new wife to Betty. And Betty sees this nice apartment. And then she kind of accidentally peeks around and sees Megan getting dressed. And sees Megan with her thin body and her loud bird outside. And, you know, here's Betty having weight issues and measuring her food. And there's Megan with her perfect figure and no issues and their nice, beautiful apartment. And Megan comes out and sees Betty and she's like, oh, oh, she's nervous. She goes, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I was waiting outside and waiting downstairs. They buzzed you. They didn't hear. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, she goes, you have a lovely apartment. And Megan's like, well, I think you've seen most of it. And to me, Megan was saying, you know, this is really it. There's nothing else to show you. But it's also like her saying, well, it looks like you've made yourself come in and see it. So, you know, here it is. Thanks for, you know, just making your way in. Uh, and Sally, I mean, Betty um, was like, oh, okay. So next shot, we see Megan kissing all the kids goodbye. Uh, and Be Betty not liking that, I think. But what are you going to do? This is their stepmom. And she's like, I'll see you in two weeks. And um, they leave. Now, let's stick with Betty's story uh, for a little bit, shall we? So Betty, the rest of her story is kind of, uh, well, she's a jealous bee and uh, she's vindictive and childish. Like I said, you know, uh, I've said in the past, she's she is a child. And um, all I want for her is to is to not do well. I'll be honest. Like she went to Weight Watchers. She lost uh, a half a pound, I think, uh, the first week. And she, you know, she she got up and spoke and said, I had a trying week. 
uh, it was very, you know, seeing something or running into something, and ha- it was just very trying for me. And in, with that, I still lost a half a pound, so I want to congratulate myself. Screw you, Betty Francis. Um, yeah, so then she goes back another time to Weight Watchers, and she maintained. She didn't lose, but she maintained. So she was upset about that. And you know, that was really it for Weight Watchers. But the real issue with Betty is that she is a bee. Itch. Uh, she, so Sally, um, oh, so Sally tried, it was cute actually. She tried using the, uh, the crying uh, with Don. Like, you, you're supposed to get me colored pencils. He's like, well, you know, like, okay, well, we'll, we'll get that for you. Uh, but he didn't get the colored pencils. So... Uh, her mom had to pick up the colored pencils for her and says, you know, we can get them for you. Don't worry about it. Um, now, Sally is working on a family tree. And they're doing the homework. And she's like, oh, you're doing, you know, it's just one tree. What's, what's taking so long? She's like, I want to get it right, Sally's like. And she's also looking, th- Betty's looking through Bobby's homework and papers and seeing all these drawings he's doing. And one is seeing a, a whale getting killed with a big smile on his face. And that didn't seem to, like, you think, oh, she's she sees us, her son drawing something violent. Nah, it didn't really bother her. But when he flipped, she's like, what did you do this? At school? No, I did it at daddy's house. Flipped over the paper. And on the back of it was a, it was a cute little uh, note that Don wrote to uh, Megan saying, Megan, um, my love, I'm out uh, buying a new light bulb so that when I come home, I can see you, I can see you easier. My love, you know, Don. And, Betty's like, I have my husband. I've left, you know, I asked for the divorce. I got my new husband in my new house, and yet I'm still. It's a new bird. So it's still better than the sounds in the house. Uh, and she's like, I got everything I wanted, and it's still not enough. And she's upset about this. So what does she do? What does Betty Draper do? Does she just kind of internalize it and, and eat? Well, you know, when she did get home from uh, the, their apartment the first, the first night, she rushed into the house and shoved uh, whipped cream into her mouth. She spit it out, but she, she almost, you know, ate kind of stress ate. And that's when I was still feeling bad for her. That's gone. Because then she goes to Sally and says, oh, you're missing someone on the uh, family tree. Oh, what? You're missing uh, your daddy's first wife. No, you're on there. No, no. Your daddy had a wife before me. And I was like, oh, oh, Betty. Oh, Betty, you, 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 you monster, you monster. And she's like, what are you talking about? He goes, why don't you ask Megan about it? Meg, I don't know why Megan didn't, wasn't honest with you about it. That's, you know, and whoa. So not only does she spring that on Sally, her, you know, whatever, 13, 12 year old daughter, then she blames Megan for it because she's a bee and itch and a bitch. I'm not going to friggin' sugarcoat it. We're all the grownups here. Um, and we're all in the jungle. The I, I, I'm literally ten feet from my house. And I mean, yes, there's woods next to the house, but Jesus, this this recorder really magnifies the fact that I'm in nature. Uh, so if I get dragged away in in the woods, it was obviously like some sort of a leopard or something. Um, so Sally, I mean uh, Betty, is a real jerk to do that to her kid. And next we see uh, Sally. Over their house again. So this is obviously two weeks later. She's at the house and she's really kind of jerky to them. Like she's she's jerky to Don. He's like, I'm leaving. She's like, okay, bye. And then she's jerky to Megan. And Megan says, why are you being so rude? 
Sally calls her on it and says, why don't you tell me about daddy's first wife? And Megan was like, well, how, how about Anna? You know, what, what, how do you know about that? Um, and she says, my mother told me about her. Why, did, why, why aren't you being honest with her? And there we see a little Sally being a jerk. It was almost like, oh, she's really got part of her mother in her. That's, that's the Betty in her. Uh, really being just like with these lines to Megan saying some rude things. Um, I thought you were my friend. Uh, and she's like, I am your friend. Why don't you tell me about her? And Megan did the best she could saying, um, uh, you know, you know, this was a, not a marriage out of romantics. This wasn't a marriage out of love. It was a marriage to, for, for two friends to help each other because Megan knows the truth. Guess what? Se- uh, Betty knows the truth too, but she's a jerk. So, uh, Sally was really upset about it and Megan got upset too. Now she's like, you, you're not going to tell my dad. You know, you, you wouldn't tell my dad. Don't tell my dad. You're not going to, you know, she didn't want him to say anything to Don. But guess what? She did go say something to Don. And Sally overheard it. And Don got really upset. He was about to grab the phone and call Betty. And, and Megan, you know, he was upset. He was like, get your hand off the phone. And Megan got through to him, as she does. She said, look, this is, you want Betty to draw a wedge between us from 50 miles away. Don't give her what I want, what she wants. I did my best to tell her who Anna was. And... Uh, later on, Don talks to Sally and says, Sally, come here. This was early in the morning. What do you want to know? Uh, and Sally was a little, you know, nervous. She goes, I know you, Megan wasn't supposed to say anything, but she did. Um, what, you know, and your mother wasn't supposed to say anything either. I don't know. I'm sorry you found out this way. You're, you're too much of a kid. You shouldn't have to deal with these things. She goes, I'm not a kid. And he says, okay, then, um, Anna was a friend and we needed to help each other from, you know, with, it was for a law. It wasn't romantic. You know, um, Megan told her we, they never had kids. It wasn't romantic. It was just a law. Uh, and, um, Sally's like, is that the woman whose house we went in? The one who called you Dick? And Don goes, yes. And I wish you would have, I wish you could have met her. And she died and I wish you could have met her. And she think he's like, you know, the grown up person would apologize to Megan. So, what I love is, uh, well, we'll get there first. So we go back to uh, Betty woken up in the middle of the night, and there's uh, Henry um, making a steak. He's like, I'm sorry, Betty. I can't have fish. I can't have fish five nights in a row. Uh, and Betty's like, oh, it's, I'm sorry. I had to dra- you know, drive you to this. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm up. What else is bothering you? He's like, it's nothing. Well, what is it? Um, I've hit a dead end. He, I followed, uh, is it Mayor Lindsay? He's followed him. He's not running. Um, and I feel like I've uh, hitched myself to the wrong train. He doesn't want to run until 72, and I think now's the time. This is my best Henry Francis yet. I think I'm really killing it. Um, and I haven't heard him from him in a while. Uh, he's like, uh, you know, Betts, uh, uh, I just, uh, I feel like I'm in a, uh, it feels like I'm in a dead end. He feels like he's a dead end with the job. Uh, and uh, Sally is, I mean, Betty's like, oh, my husband, my husband now, it feels like he's in a dead end with his job. And then thinking about his ex-husband, her ex-husband, who's doing great at his job, he's got the perfect apartment, perfect wife. I think that also bothered Betty. Um, but the best, the best part of my favorite part of this episode is uh, when Sally, uh, well, Betty got a call from Sally's teacher that she got an A plus on her family tree. And she says, get, Sally, get down here. Um, I heard you got an, your teacher just called. You got an A plus on your family tree. And uh, 
She's like, yeah. Oh, she goes, oh yeah, it was just a it was just a drawing, you know. So that's that's cool. She she was kind of nonchalant about it. And Betty says, did you um, did you include Anna Draper? She basically brought up Anna Draper, and Sally played it so cool. I think she because she overheard what um, what Megan and Don were saying, and Don actually called her out and says, you know, um, he he called out. I forget the exact uh, wording, but when he talked to Sally, he said, you know, um, it's something, you know, he basically called your mother, he called uh, Betty vindictive and trying to get in between them and trying to upset the, the things by bringing it up. That it wasn't her place. He, he called her on it. And I think Sally's old enough to, to realize that and resent her mother just enough that um, Don won this round. Now, I don't like the fact that anyone has to resent their parents. Jesus Christmas. Anyone has to resent their parent, um, you know, another parent using the other parent against the, or using the kids against the other parent. Not, not a big fan of that. Uh, as far as, you know, for the children, for a television program, I love it. Especially when the person I'm rooting for wins. Because Sally's like, yeah, they told me about Anna and how a wonderful person. They shared pictures and stories. I wish I could have met her or it was something like that. You know, it was like, it was really great. Uh, and she's like, okay, I'm going to go play now. And Betty just like, she knocks something off the table, hits a, I don't know, rice aroni, we'll call it, knocks it off the table. And I was like, yeah, sorry, Betty, did not work for you. It backfired in your face. Boom. And that's really the end of uh, Betty Draper's story. There is plenty of other story going on. So why don't we go back to uh, Pete. Pete's in this very little, very, very little. Uh, but he plays a significant role. So, well, he has he has moments. I shouldn't say he plays a significant role, but he has moments in the story. Uh, the big thing is he pops into the elevator uh, at the beginning of the show. And this is like one of the few times we see uh, Sterling, Draper, Cooper, all in, the apart- all in the elevator together with Pete Campbell. There was no Lane Price in this episode. I haven't seen him in a little bit. And... Um, Pete makes his way in the end, and he says, look, I know um, uh, we usually bring uh, this, you know, usually talk about these things at the meeting, but I want to just let you know, uh, my, my new friend at the, I want to say this, the New York Times, um, is doing a piece on the Sunday Magazine on, uh, on advertising, and um, blah, 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 you know, we're going to, it's going to be really good for us, and don't worry, he's only going to need to talk to me. Uh, about things so but, but get some get some stuff together so I can send him creative stuff and um, but Pete's also of course made it clear that he's only going to be only needs to talk to him so we see Don later on putting together um, some samples and he notices on the samples that most of them are this one Megan Draper and a bunch of Ginsburgs and I think one Peggy Olson and Don's like geez Peggy really um was uh, sucked into this Heinz thing. And Joan was like, yeah, you know. Um, he's, she's like, why don't you, you know, use all of these and why don't you throw the letter in there as well? He goes, well, I don't know if that would work. She goes, he goes, it kind of backfired on us. She goes, but she said, you know, I think it, it would work. I think it's a good message, whatever she said. She talked him into it. Um, so Joan was taking all this to Pete. Now, um, the article ran, and that's what woke Don up in the middle of the morning, uh, the article ran, and they kind of, I think they barely, they didn't show any pictures of them, and they barely mentioned them, and Pete was all upset, and Don was like, what the hell, why do you think it's, why do you think it's my problem? 
Uh, you know, you're the one who, this was your friend, this was your article, you're the one being interviewed. Don't bother me on Sunday mornings and hangs up on him. That was really it for Pete. Uh, he got really upset about this. Well, no, that wasn't really it for Pete. Um, that was it for business Pete. Uh, there's also out of work Pete, out of, out of the office Pete, uh, who was obsessed with that woman that he had his little affair with. His little, uh, isn't that like a French little truant, tru- tru- I don't know. I, I can't speak languages. Um, but I thought for a moment this was actually happening. So um, the guy on the train, his wife that, he had, that Pete had the affair with, uh, she shows up in his office in a long coat and really not much else, you know, underwear. And she's like, I, you know, I haven't been able to, I haven't stopped thinking about you. She's like, what are you doing here? She opens her coat a little. He drops his pen, which was kind of funny. Uh, and then they start, you know, um, going at it. And then we see Pete lying on his couch and you realize, oh, it was just him fantasizing about her, still thinking about him, even though she hasn't got back to him. So later on, we see Pete on the train with that husband, and he's like, oh, what are you, oh, I didn't think you'd be uh, in the office. It was probably a Sunday, and Pete, or maybe it was Thanksgiving, I don't know. And Pete was like, well, we're getting ready for all our new business to roll out. No, it was before Thanksgiving, because he's like, oh, I got to, uh, I got to, you know, spend a night with my girl, or the weekend with my girl, or whatever, with my girl, before um, heading out to, uh, to, you know, do Thanksgiving with the, with the wife. Uh, at least I get to be with my girl. And Pete's like, you know, why don't you spend Thanksgiving with her, and I'll go sleep with your wife. And the guy's like, oh, oh that'd be rich. And Pete, on the other hand, is like, no, no, I, I really, really want to do that. That's really what I want to do. And I love the fact that Pete and her are husband and wife in real life. I don't know. that. I just, I always, I'm fast, I always enjoy that because you realize whether they say they hate each other or they love each other, they are, you know, in love in real life. So I just think that, I don't know, fascinates me. Um, but that's really it for Pete in this episode. So we can go back to Don and um, talk about kind of his story, uh, it, mostly in business. You know, we talked about, him dealing with um, Megan and uh, and talking about Anna. Um, Don also, uh, well, Megan, I should say. So Megan's an actress. She's trying to pursue acting. She has friends, and they go over the lines together because friends are going on auditions. And her friend is talking about um, at her apartment, uh, going over lines, and Megan starts laughing. And the girl's like, what are, you, what are you doing? She goes, this, like, Megan is um, really uh, uh, insulting or dissing, I don't know, whatever you want to say. She's, she's making fun of the, uh, the script, saying it's, it's garbage. She goes, isn't this supposed to be like a soap opera? And the woman's like, what, why are you, I'm trying to, you know, do this. And Megan's like, isn't this supposed to be scary? And um, is there a bug in my hair? I'm sorry. I'm distracted a bit by something in my hair. Um, again, I'm, I'm in the wilderness. So... The, um, the funny thing is, is they never mention the show by name, but the show is 100% Dark Shadows, the name of this episode. Dark Shadows was a, uh, was a soap opera in the 60s, but was with Dracula. Like, it was like a horror soap opera that I think they remade. They did a TV version, um, I f- want to say in the 90s, I think, um, that didn't last very long. And then they made a movie version with Johnny Depp, and I think it was, um, I think it was Tim... Burton, I think, because who else would it be, uh, where Johnny Depp played the, the vampire. And I remember the trailer looked kind of promising. I never saw the movie, and the movie never really went um, anywhere, as far as I know. 
It didn't really do that well. But that's Dark Shadows. If you've heard that term before, it's from that show. This is what this girl was reading for. And that was the, you know, kind of the, one of the names, one of the reasons for this uh, episode title. Uh, And, you know, the girl actually got upset with Megan. She's like, you know, we don't all have this. We don't all have, some of us have to act for a living. And when we're not acting, we're waiting tables. And we don't all have this, you know, Megan, when she's not acting, she can just go home. She's got the husband. She's got the apartment. She's got the life. And Megan was like, you know, I'm sorry that I have this. You know, what am I supposed to do? She, so she, Megan, it was unfair. Um, Megan was just being a person. And this girl was calling her out because Megan doesn't have to, doesn't have to act. Doesn't have, she, Megan has a plan B, a fallback. And uh, this girl doesn't. So that was kind of rude. But. Later on in the episode, uh, that girl's coming for Thanksgiving, and we find out that the girl got the part, and Megan is celebrating by getting champagne because Don's like, well, of course you're going to get it because you want her to be happy and you want her to celebrate, and Megan can afford champagne because she's married to Don. Um, Let's go back to Don. Don is um, going to work on Sundays, uh, and he is dictating into a machine uh, snowballs. Now, he, um, he happened upon... Uh, the office, Ginsburg left his light on. And so Don goes in and sees uh, a notepad of it's a little, a little fold that says shit I have to do and opens it up and it's ideas for snowball, which is, I'm assuming a real product uh, by PepsiCo uh, for like snow cones, um, like basically like a snow cone or like a Slurpee or like a icy or something like that. Um, that was, I guess, a thing in the 60s. And they're doing an advertising for it. Uh, and so, <clears throat> or they have a, they're doing a pitch for it. And so, uh, um, Mike Ginsburg has all these ideas of like a snowball hitting uh, a pig, a snowball hitting uh, Hitler, a snowball hitting uh, people in the face. Uh, and uh, Don looks at it and actually goes through it and, and seems to, now, I don't know if this is what inspired him, but he goes through it leaves it, and then goes back to his office and has ideas for himself for uh, Snowball. And he comes up with an idea for the Snowball in Hell and the Devil. Even the Devil would eat a Snowball. You know, the saying, a Snowball's chance in Hell. Um, and, you know, this could change everything. So late at a meeting the, uh, the next day, uh, Don, you know, lets them pitch their ideas. Uh, Ginsburg has a good idea. Uh, Sally, I mean, Peggy has an idea that like four guys are in the, in the, on a desert. Three of them are thinking water. One of them is thinking snowball, but they don't go with that. Um, Ginsburg gives his idea. And then Don also gives his idea of you know, he knew Ginsburg's idea was coming. Uh, so I don't, I still don't think there was any foul play, but he, what I think he knew the work that was going to be happening. And so he had time to think about it and plan. He might not have known about Snowball um, until it was pitched to him in the creative meeting. But because he saw the book, he knew Snowball was coming. So he worked on it the night before with the devil stuff. So when he comes to the meeting, it made it seem like he, off the top of his head, came up with the devil idea that they all really liked. But he actually worked on it pretty hard. And because they were like, wow, you just came up with that now? And or... um, that's that's really great. You know, Ginsburg kind of backhand compliments him and Don's like, gee, I'm, I'm glad I can still impress you. He's like, no, no, just just realize that you can still do it. It's good to know. Um, and, uh, 
you know, Ken was there and he's like, great, we'll go with these two ideas. Both funny, good ideas. That's, that's the idea they're looking for. So um, they drew up the two different, uh, they mocked up two different versions, a policeman getting hit in the head with a snowball and then showing different people. So it's almost like an ongoing series. And Don's idea of the devil and that, that could be an ongoing series too. He's like, great, get them all ready in color. So Stan takes them, you know, he mocks everything up. He draws everything up. Um, they bring them in a cab. So we got, um, it was uh, ha- Harry, um, Don, and Ken all smushed in the back of a cab together. And um, they all go in and Don's the last one out. And he accidentally, quote unquote, left Michael Ginsburg's idea in the cab and brought his devil idea in. Guess what? They won the job. They got they got the uh, they got the sale. They come back and Ginsburg's like, "What's going on? What's up?" And Harry's like, uh, "Oh, we uh, you know we made the sale. That's great. Yeah, they're gonna they love the idea of going with the devil and the other thing. And oh, they they went with the devil. They didn't like my idea. Oh, Don, we didn't show it to him. Don left it in the cab. And Ginsburg was like, left it in the cab. And later on in the episode, we see Don in an elevator. Ginsburg rushes into the elevator with him and calls him out on it. It's like, what? You didn't even show him my idea." Um, you know, he goes, I, I do all this work. You didn't even show them my idea. He goes, look, they like the idea. We made the sale. That's the point. What's the difference? Um, and he, um, what did he say? He said, uh, you know, I don't like going in with two ideas. We go in with two. I hate going in with two ideas. It makes us look weak. Uh, they like this idea. They went with it. You know, that's the way it is. Ginsburg said something about like, you know, I do all this work. He goes, I have a million ideas, a million of them. He goes, that's great. He goes, um, He's like, I feel bad for you. That's, he said to, to, to Don Draper, I feel bad for you. The elevator opened and Don said, I don't think about you at all and walked out of the elevator. And it was like if Don had a microphone in his hand, he would have dropped it and the crowd would have went, oh, and would have been one of those gifs of like the, the, the young kids going, oh, hitting their face and like looping through like, oh, you know, you've seen those gifs. Uh, that, that's what would have happened at that moment um, because he just basically is like, I don't think about you at all and walked out and it was uh it was sweet it was sweet um yet i like ginsburg i like him a lot earlier in the episode uh he gets pulled into roger's office uh roger so bert uh has an in with a, a wine company uh, a jewish owned wine company they have a product called manischewitz and they want to uh expand you know it's very popular in the jewish community they want to expand it outside of the jewish community so it brings it to roger uh first because Roger's like, why don't you bring this up in new business? And Bert's like, we, you, you think we can't still do things? I think they're, they're both tired of Pete Campbell getting all the glory, so they want to do this themselves. So uh, they're, like, why don't, you know, get, um, they're like, why don't you get Ginsburg on the job? Because Ginsburg is Jewish. So they, they, they're very close-minded. They think we have to get a Jewish guy to bring it the Jewish, Jewish job, to give me Jewish ideas so I can pitch to the Jewish client so we can get the job. Uh, so... Um, Roger's like, okay, he makes a, makes some phone calls. You, Roger was on the phone, first of all, trying to get someone to play golf and they, they blew him off. You could see the look on his face. Um, so he's, Roger's like, okay, uh, make some calls to set things up. Then he brings Ginsburg into his office. I love Roger's office. It's so like quote unquote modern for the times. Uh, and you know, with big bubble chairs and, and weird art. And he's like, come on in, have a seat. Ginsburg comes in, sits in right in what you would assume would be Roger's chair, this big big chair. Rogers looks at him, gives him a drink and Ginsburg, you know, swivels in the chair. Okay. Now um, there's a windstorm coming, I think. Um, so I love that. Uh, but Roger basically told him, look, there's a client we're trying to do. 
I was trying to keep this off the books. Uh, and Ginsburg's like, you really don't like P. Campbell, do you? He's like, look, I want this to work. I want to have this idea. I need, you know, and you'll get, um, if, if it works, I'll come back to you. And then you can deliver these ideas again, like you're, um, like they're yours in the first place. But he just wants some credit and he wants to do this. And Ginsburg's like, you know, I have a lot of work to do that I get compensated for. And Roger's like, fine, how about a hundred bucks now on, on a, um, and a hundred dollars later extra. And Roger, um, Michael's like, you you have to, you can have pulled two hundred dollars out of your ass. So he gives him the whole wad of money. He's like, I need to carry less money because if you remember, he did the same thing. I think with with Peggy, he had to give her a bunch of money to do something for him uh, behind his, behind everyone's back. So Ginsburg um, goes in late one night, and uh, Peggy's still there, and he's like, I'm doing something for uh, for uh, Roger. She's like, Oh, good luck getting extra money for that. He's like, No, no, he already paid me. Because maybe you can get some of it if you want, if you can, uh, if I can run some ideas by you. And she's like, no, nah, I don't care. She's working on her own thing. But um, later on in the episode, Peggy um, is in the elevator. A lot of stuff happened in the elevator. She's in the elevator with Roger, and she calls him out. It's like, you know, um, I, I, I did great work for you, too, before. Why did you have to go to Ginsburg for? She's like, he goes, it's Manischewitz, you know? I thought... Um, she goes, I did all this great stuff for Mohawk Air. Why don't you come to me? It's Manischewitz. You know, he's basically saying, it's Jewish. He's Jewish. Peggy's like, I'm not an airplane either. I can do all kinds of work. She goes, you're not loyal. You're not loyal at all. You don't care. All you care about is yourself. And he he yelled something at her, and I forget what it was. But it was almost like, you know, he he's, uh, I forget what he said. I forget her comeback. But he yelled back at her. He's like, it's every man for himself is what he yelled at her. Uh, and so it was like, you know, that's. There's, there's so much infighting. I love this show so much. Um, so that was kind of the end of Peggy. You know, she had her moment. Um, Roger, on the other hand, now I'm, I could be all over the place with the timing of this, but Roger then uh, calls Jane, his ex-wife, uh, and he's like, listen, I'd like you to go to dinner with me. Uh, there's a client, and I'd like to have them meet you. Um, and you know why? Because, oh, and I think Bert brought it up that... Um, you could bring your wife, your Gentile wife, which I guess was his way of saying, hey, your wife's Jewish. Why don't you bring her? And, he, and Roger's like, uh, I'm getting divorced. And Bert goes, not, not, um, not the first one, Jane. He's like, Roger. And he goes, uh, Bert, I'm divorcing Jane too. And Bert looks at his watch like, oh, already? But he ends up calling Jane and talking her into going out to dinner by basically promising her a new apartment. This old apartment, uh, Roger's mother is the landlord, and there's just too many painful memories there. So Roger's like, this is the most expensive dinner ever. But he takes her to dinner, and they schmooze the uh, clients to the point where the young guy shows up, and um, um, they... Uh, the the son of the owner. So this is a family-owned business, and the young son shows up as a young, handsome guy, and he has Jane's eye. Jane's has Jane has his eye. Roger sees it, doesn't bother it because whatever gets the sale done. That's not his wife anymore, anyway. Uh, later on in the cab, he's like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna go with the son there." He goes, well, "If you do, can you at least pretend you're still married to me? Can you keep up the ruse of being still married, like you're going behind my back, because of the client, because he wants the job. He doesn't even care about that." Uh, and he's like, can I see the new apartment at least? And Jane said, you know, it's not even finished. She goes, yeah, come on, it's my only chance really to see it. Gets upstairs in the new apartment, and what happens? Roger puts on his Roger charm and starts kissing her. And she's like, Roger. He's like, what? And then they kiss, and then they do it. 
They wake up the next day, and Jane is disgusted with herself. Roger's like, I used that toothbrush in there. I hope it was yours. She's like, why did you do that? He goes, well, why? Was it the dead guys? I'm sorry. I, I just needed to do this. She goes, no, why did you do this? This place is ruined now. You know, this is why I left the old place, Cause, because it didn't have you in it. It didn't have your memory in it, basically. And now your memory is here, too. She's ruined this new apartment. And Roger was like, oh, um, you, uh, you know, you're right. I feel bad. I don't know if he really feels bad, but he's like, oh, I feel terrible. Um, and so that was really the end of Roger's moment. There was a couple lines that I liked that he used. They were just like such, so jerky. But um, he, he, when he talked to Jane, talked her into uh, going to the... Um, to the dinner, he uh, said, um, you know, you remember when you were on LSD with me and you, you promised that you would, uh, I forget what he said, he promised something that you would always go to client dinners with me still. And she goes, I didn't say that. And I didn't say that I was going to remarry fast so you didn't have to pay alimony. So it's funny that Roger was trying to, we didn't have these conversations, but Roger was trying to say, hey, on LSD, you promised me this and promised me that. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and also with Ginsburg, he said, there, the, this Jewish company now wants to try to sell wine to regular people, to normal people. And he goes, you know what I mean, people like me. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, Roger says awful things. He can come off as sexist and racist and a real a jerk. And yet, John Slattery says it with such charm. It's, it's really, it's disarming. And that's how he is. He's so disarming with how much of a jerk he can be um, that he... Uh, it's, like uh, Jane says, well, why did you bring Joan with you? He goes, no. He goes, they want to see you. And um, even later on, she goes, oh, now you don't mind me being Jewish? Now you don't have a problem with it? Uh, so little things that you could see that Roger had issues with uh, in the past and has been a jerk about. Um, trying to think what else happened in this episode. I, I think I covered everything. So Pete, um, basically, he... He talked a big game about being written up in the New York Times, the Sunday Times. And when he uh, all said and done, it wasn't really that flattering of an article or really barely mentioned them. Um, Megan had her friend that was uh, trying out for Dark Shadows. And uh, then she um, got in a bit of an argument with Sally because of Betty. Uh, got in a bit of an argument with Don because of Betty, but they all patched everything up, much to Betty uh, Francis's detriment. Betty really wanted to draw a wedge in between them. Uh, in the end of the episode, it was Thanksgiving, and they were eating dinner at the Francis house, and everyone needs to go around and say what they're thankful for. And um, Sally, she was grateful. What was she grateful for? I forget. Um, Bobby's grateful that he has two big houses, to go in and lots of toys I think something like that uh, and Sally was grateful I, I forget what she was grateful for but it was something pretty good I think she was grateful that she was doing good in school I think it was something like that and Betty is like I'm, and I'm grateful that I have everything I want and nobody has anything better and all she's thinking about is, I have what I want. It's better than Don's, right? Right? This is what I wanted, right? It's better than Don's. Then she looks down at her table and has one bite of stuffing, like a little piece of cauliflower, a little bit of turkey. It was like, um, you know, Betty, yeah, sure, this is what you wanted, right? This is what you wanted. You got what you wanted, you jerk. Uh, Don screwed Ginsburg out of, you know, the, uh, the getting, create, getting uh, more 
on the creative side. But maybe when he was looking through that stuff and he saw Ginsburg, this, Ginsburg, 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 he was like, Jesus, this kid's getting too much credit. He said, wow, Sal, uh, uh, Peggy was really on that Heinz thing because she didn't get to do these things. Um, but maybe he was also thinking, Jesus, Ginsburg getting too much credit, doing too much. I want to show that I still have it. And that's why he worked so hard at getting the snowball idea. And it was a great idea. And they went with it. Of course, they didn't have anything to compare it to. Uh, but Ginsburg, you know, says he had a million ideas, a million ideas. And he feels bad for Don. But Don had the line of the night when he said, I don't even think, I don't think about you at all. And he walked out of the elevator. My friends, I think we've covered everything in this episode. Betty's still a bitch. Roger is just a charming jerk. Uh, Don really seems to be in love. Megan, she's trying to be an actress, but not trying to shove it in people's faces that she can. She has a good life. Sally, she's growing up. She's getting mature, and she's going to start seeing that her mother is a bee. Henry, he's not as happy with his job as he should be, and he's having steak in the middle of the night. Um, Bobby, Jean, you know, they're there. Pete, still fantasizing about that woman. Ooh, I don't think we've seen the end of her. I hope we haven't. Well, you know what? Maybe I hope we do because he's got his beautiful wife at home. What's he doing? Uh, um, oh, we did have a moment of uh, Harry complaining about the size of his office, how great he's doing in his department, but having, but uh, not having a good office. Um, it was like a moment where the, the few of them were, were chatting about something. Um, and it didn't really... I feel like... There was, they were all in there. Didn't not much happened. Um, Stan and uh, Stan was there. You know, just for a few quips, a few one-liners. Nothing important. Um, Peggy had a, some good moments, but she wasn't like a major part of this episode at all. No character stuff. No real storyline, except for the fact that she doesn't want to see. She doesn't like being passed over by this Ginsburg guy either. Maybe she's getting upset by Ginsburg too. So the fact that Don's uh, idea is being taken over Ginsburg. Not not bad. Um, not bad for her, at least. You know, she doesn't mind it. So I think that covers everything, my friends. Um, it's Saturday morning. I was a day late because I fell asleep. I let you down, and I apologize. But, my friends, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for subscribing. I think we've covered everything. Now, you can find me on Twitter. MadeManPod is the Twitter. I have a Facebook page that I barely ever use, Fans Not Experts. The website is fansnotexperts.com. You can find every episode of Made Man there and all the other podcasts that we do. Uh, and you can email me anytime, maidman at fansnotexperts.com. My friends, we did it. Now it's Saturday morning. You notice I didn't yawn. So maybe these Saturday mornings aren't that bad. But my plan is to be back with you one week from yesterday next Friday night for another thrilling episode of Made Man as I continue. I already said Made Man. I kind of, I kind of blew it. Um, as I continue to go on this quest to become a Made Man Captain Caveman. And now I'm going to a farmer's market for real. Fans not experts.